when it's all said and done and we count the rings, the stats, along with the other accolades, is Kevin Durant a top 10 player? Imagine being told you're top 15 all time and that upsets you or disappoints you. But that's how crazy competitive it is to be amongst the NBA top 10. Think about these names. James, Jordan, Bryant, O'Neal, Jabbar, Chamberlain, Russell, Johnson, Bird, Duncan, Olajuwon. That's the top 11. Want me to throw in another name to even it out? How about the big O, Oscar Robertson? Top 12. And you're Kevin Durant. You're trying to add to your legacy. And you do want to move up that chart. Even with his career numbers, 27 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 49% from the field, 38% from 3, 88 from the line. Two finals MVPs, two NBA championships. He was a former rookie of the year. He's led the league in scoring four times. Nine-time All-NBA, 10-time All-Star, two-time All-Star Game MVP. And, of course, he was the 2013-2014 MVP. Everybody remembers KD's amazing speech to his moms. He has all that on his resume. And right now today, KD's not a top-10 player. So the question is, can Kevin Durant become a top-10 player before his career is over. Let enough time pass and we tend to under or overrate a player's career. Kevin Durant won the MVP in 2013, 2014. What a lot of people forget about that season was Russell Westbrook missed 36 games and KD still led the Thunder to a 59-23 and record. 32 points a game, seven rebounds, over five assists, 50% from the field. Best player in basketball, no question, that season. That MVP was earned. But his lasting image, at least the last image that Thunder fans have of him, obviously, is losing in game seven to the Warriors. Obviously, the same season, they were up 3-1 and blowing that lead, that's something that's also on his resume. But let's put things in context. Within that season, the lasting image of the 73-win Warriors was blowing a 3-1 lead, losing in a home game seven, and not scoring the last four minutes and 30 seconds of the fourth quarter. That four minutes and 30 seconds, that's why Draymond, Iggy, Clay, and Steph knocked on KD's door. That's why Kevin Durant became a member of the Golden State Warriors, or at least that's why the Warriors knew they needed KD. By getting KD to come aboard, it gave them a weapon that could at least play LeBron even and at times outplay him. The thing is, They had to convince KD 
to come along on the plan because he was going to take a hit. You knew he was going to take a hit. He knew he was going to take some type of PR hit. And he, he went along with it. He signed with the, and as soon as he signed with the Warriors, look, most fans, including myself, I, I didn't like the feel of it, but he did nothing wrong. He was a free agent. The thing that always rubbed me the wrong way as a fan was he signed on to go to battle with the team that he had just lost to in the conference finals. Now, his decisions to leave Golden or Oklahoma City, everybody knows he, he had the shot to leave. He was going to be a free agent. And the way that season ended, I had no doubt in my mind, KD wasn't coming back. But what I didn't have, I had no thoughts. I never even considered the possibility that he would end up with the Warriors. But as a member of the Warriors, what happened? Not surprising. 2017 NBA Finals, 35 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 block, 1 steal, 56% from the field, 47% from 3, 92 from the line. Finals MVP, no doubt. He follows that up the very next season. 29 points, 11, 8, 1 steal and 2 blocks, 53% from the field, 41% from 3, and 96 from the line. Back-to-back -back Finals MVPs. Where I think he vindicated himself was he didn't just join the Warriors. He established himself as their best player. That culture, that, that aura about that team, that style, that's Steph's team. There's no question that's Steph Curry's team. That's Steph Curry's city. But the best player, love him or hate him, was Kevin Durant. I think... When you look back at Kevin Durant's career, a lot of people, as years pass, will celebrate what he did with the Warriors. Look, as a fan, I enjoyed it. And I'm a Laker fan. But just watching the basketball, I think what maybe made so many people upset was adding KD to Golden State was like the perfect storm. He's an unselfish superstar who got added to an unselfish superstar in Steph an unselfish all-star with Clay and Draymond. And then you had Iggy, Steve Kerr. That culture, that combination of personalities, talent, it was unbeatable. And yet he was very unselfish too. A lot of people don't realize this. Yes, Steph sacrificed to a degree because you're bringing on board someone who's better than you, who can take shine from you. But KD didn't go there trying to be the man. He was just the man. Kevin Durant only led the Warriors in shot attempts once his three years there. That's how unselfish he was. He actually worked more on playing defense and facilitating his time with the Warriors. But getting back to the bigger question, could he become a top 10 player? He could become one. I do believe that. Right now, today, I don't think he is one. The one thing that everybody in the top 10, except for Wilt Chamberlain, has in, in common is that all of them have won multiple finals MVPs. Now, Wilt only won one finals MVP, but when you couple that with the fact that he played in many finals, 
with the fact that he has the type of numbers that 99% of the players who ever play dream of having, he's rightfully a top 10 player. He is an iconic player. But I think KD has time. Even at age 32, coming off the type of injury he's coming off of, I think Kevin Durant has time to still impact his legacy, impact the game, and push himself further up the list. If Kevin Durant can win a title with another team, be it the Nets or somewhere else, if he can lead another team to the NBA Finals and add another Finals MVP to his resume, there's no question that will vault him into the top 10. And just on sheer ability, you figure if he just wins one more title, he'll probably always be on teams that are contenders. He will always average between 28 and 30 points a game. He can get that in his sleep. You're talking about someone who has the height and length of a big. I'm talking about a center or a long power forward, but the handle of a wing player. It's an interesting thing that a lot of people will make the comparison with Giannis and Anthony Davis. And the first thing most people will say is Anthony Davis is more skilled than Giannis. That's 100% true. Kevin Durant is more skilled than Anthony Davis and Giannis. But what makes Giannis scary, like it made Shaq scary, He's not as refined as either one of them. He's not as polished as either one of them. And he still puts up comparable numbers, in some way, better numbers. But this is not about the Greek freak. Talk about him next week. This is about KD. This is KD's time. I don't know if the combination of KD and Kyrie will work. But you can't judge a team. You can't judge superstars until you see them on the floor until you see them play off each other, until you see if they have chemistry. When I look at the Brooklyn Nets, a lot of people are talking about all the big moves that they should try to make. Trying to acquire a Bradley Bill to go with KD and Kyrie. I like the idea of them going after Bradley Bill. But when I look at what the Nets have, when you look at Karis LeVert, when you look at Spencer Dimwitty, I think they have enough perimeter talent with a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to not just contend in the East, but to win the East. With a healthy KD and Kyrie, along with um, Turan Prince, Karis LeVert, don't forget the shooter, Joe Harris, and Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy who's great at getting downhill, attacking the rim, getting to the basket, getting to the foul line. If they're all healthy, those four perimeter players, I think they can do what Boston does, but even better. And I think Boston is going to be a problem for the next three or four years with Kemba, with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward. I think the Nets have plenty of perimeter talent. But I do think they need to add better functioning role players. Matter of fact, I like Torian Prince. But I think that going after someone like Aaron Gordon and putting him in, him in a lesser role, I don't think Aaron Gordon is ever going to be a superstar. But if you ask me, could Aaron Gordon be a starter who can impact the game as a fourth option 
with no pressure on him, let's just say playing the role of Harrison Barnes. I keep using Harrison Barnes. That's, that's not really being fair to Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is a solid pro. I think Aaron Gordon can be a spectacular starter without having the pressure of having to be the man. I think he's a solid defender who's ever improving on that side of the ball. But if you can play off the ball and not worry about touches when you've got Durant, Irving, Dinwiddie, along with Karis LeVert, I think Aaron Gordon can find his way. Throw in DeAndre Jordan, who's gotten older, but he's still an elite rebounder and a solid rim protector. I like where the Nets are once they have their whole complement of players. I think Kevin Durant, healthy, and let's knock on wood, hope he can stay healthy. I hope he comes back 100%. Most people say from that particular injury, you should be grateful if you come back 85 or 90%. If Kevin Durant is 85 or 90% of the player that we last saw, the Nets are going to contend for a title. And if Kyrie Irving and he can mesh, if they can play off one another, if Kyrie can accept the fact that KD is the number one option and he plays off the number one option, they're going to be a problem. Kevin Durant, not a top 10 player right now, but I think he has a potential to do that going forward two key rotation players trevor reza of the blazers and avery bradley of the lakers who have a legit chance to win it all have both chosen to opt out of the bubble the nba restart for family reasons and that should be enough trevor reza said he wants to spend more time with his son he's concerned with testing and the whole bubble situation he is opting out God bless him. There's nothing wrong with that. Avery Bradley is doing the same thing. The driving force behind his decision is his family. It's all about his family. More importantly, his six-year-old son has a his history of, of respiratory illnesses. That's enough for me. God bless you. You and your family be safe. And any other player who should choose to opt out for family reasons, the right thing for the management and ownership of that team or his or his team to do is say, stay healthy, you and your family, and we'll see you next year. That's the right thing to do. Plain and simple. What those teams should be doing is moving on to plan B and trying to find players in the free agent pool that can take their places and help those respective franchises as they move into the bubble. As been reported, the Lakers are already looking at J.R. Smith. If the rumors are true, and depending on the type of condition he's in, the Lakers being in talks with J.R. Smith, that's a smart move. J.R. Smith will give them a versatile perimeter defender and another three-point shooter. He's not Avery Bradley, but he's Avery Bradley-like in terms of what he does on the floor. The Lakers are trying to win a title. J.R. Smith is a good signing. In other NBA news, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, tested positive for COVID-19 last week, but he's asymptomatic and he's expected to be cleared to travel within a week. Since he's been home in Serbia, the Joker's lost 40 pounds. So can you imagine a healthy Joker? playing with Murray and the crew, 
the Nuggets could be a problem. They've never lacked for talent. What I always questioned with them was consistency and mental toughness. In other news, the Nets signed Tyler Johnson. Obviously, they needed the added depth on the wings with Kyrie and KD not playing. So that's just a smart pickup and a solid pickup by the Nets. Appreciate everybody listening to this episode of the NBA Cypher. We'll be back next week. It's the Cypher. Next time. Thank <laughs> you.